With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative. And it's scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. Messing with your boy, better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. The NFL season started this weekend, and um, wasn't too bad, to be perfectly honest with you. A little strange when you know when they would do the big uh, like pan into the stadium, and you wouldn't see anybody except those cardboard cutouts. But the actual gameplay was was about the same. It's the reason why people you know don't think uh, you really need a preseason. I mean, the games were as exciting or blowouts or whatever it may be. So it's just like a standard week one NFL season. The ratings seem good. All of those uh, social media users, you know, with the generic name and the numbers, like 17 numbers behind the generic username, no picture in the profile. You know, I, I guess they watched because the ratings were, were not too bad. Too bad. The, the, the parts, honestly, the parts that kind of, I was like, you know something I could do without this is some of the social media um, stuff in regards to uh, police brutality and racism, some of the stuff at the stadium, you know, the things they put in the end zone. Um, you know, they, they did like a PSA, and the PSA had Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed, you know, in the in the PSA or why they were doing lift every voice and sing. And honestly, I think you know the Black National Anthem maybe triumph for Wu Tang. Made you jump like Rod Strickland. I don't know if lift every voice is that is that official? Is that is that is that is that official? Like is that quote like is there some sort of paperwork on lift every voice and sing? Uh, being the black national anthem, or is that just something that you know we kind of came up with? That I mean, there's other songs I would I would nominate. You know, maybe K Stay in the Rain" by New Edition. That's a good one. Maybe "Confessions." Part two by Usher. Uh, was it Rob Bass? It takes two. I'm um, Rob Bass, and it came to get. I, I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known throughout the microphone. Maybe that. Maybe hit him up by Tupac. You know, there, there's some other songs that are out there that I think could be the Black National Anthem. But I, I just think, like Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick said. Um, you know, it's, it's pandering, you know, just putting in racism in the, in the back of the, the end zone is, is, that's not, that's not doing it for me. 
That's not not doing it for me. I'll be honest with you. It takes one of their slogans is it takes all of us. It takes all of us. But I find that interesting because you hear that a lot. You know, they say it takes all of us. Every everybody has to show love. Everybody has to show, you know, love is love, and and you can't fight evil with evil, and you can't fight hate with hate, and everything. It takes all of us. It takes all of us. I hear that a lot. That makes no sense to me. You know why? Because the good people aren't bothering anybody. So it should only take the bad people. It doesn't take the good. It don't take me. It don't take you. You're good. You're okay. You're not bothered. You're living your life not as a racist, not, not as a white supremacist, you know, not as an evil person. You shouldn't have to do anything. It takes them not us. We already doing okay. So I never like that. It takes all of us. Well, what, what exactly do you want me to do? I'm not racist. I'm not evil. You know, I'm not the one that, you know, putting people, kids in cages. You know, that, that's, that's not us. That's them. They need to change. It takes them to change. It shouldn't take all of us. It should take them should take them to change. That always that, that that gets me. Takes all of us. No, it takes them to change. Not all of us, them. But beyond that, like I said, it's good good start to the season. Week one, everyone um, you know, panics or think they're going to the Super Bowl after one week, you know. Is there it, I mean nobody knows. Nobody knows after one week exactly what they're going to be doing. They really don't. <laughs> so I, I never get into that. Like one week. Like every once in a while you see something, you're like, eh, maybe the Browns are going to suck again. You know, the Jets are probably going to be bad. Like there's cer certain things you can see that probably is not going to change. But for the most part, it's just, it's just week one. And 90% of the time, you don't even remember what happens by the time you get to the end of the season. Plus, they let damn near everybody uh, into the playoffs. So if you can get to like eight and eight, you're probably gonna get in this year. They got like what fourteen, like fourteen added a wild card or something. Like it's only one, one, one team gets a bye. So yeah, if, if you just you just seventy nine eight and eight, you're probably gonna get in. I want to talk about the NBA real quick. Um, the Rockets, Russell Westbrook. I tell my wife this all the time. Russell Westbrook uh, is a very good individual, and what I mean by that is it's off the court. He's a very good individual. He does a lot. He's a family man. He cares about the communities. He's a really nice guy. If you get him with no cameras and stuff around, he's a good, a good guy. He really is. He's a good guy. But my God, he was terrible. <laughs> he was terrible in that series. He's trying to beat up Rondo's brother, William Rondo. You think Rondo? Sometimes you know Rondo's like Kramer from from Seinfeld. You're like. Their name is Kramer Rondo. You don't realize the last name. Kramer's first name is Cosmo. But yes, yeah. William Rondo. I don't know where the Rockets actually go from here. Mike uh, D'Antonio. I know I just said there. Mike D'Antonio. <laughs> I just butchered his name. He's like, I'm out of here. I don't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. He must have got another job lined up. So he told him on the plane. He didn't wait till the plane touched down. He didn't wait till like the next, you know, you take a meeting on Monday. 
think about it over the weekend. Nope. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> as soon as this plane let, uh, drops, as soon as this plane hits the tarmac, as soon as the wheels go down, I'm getting in my lift and I'm gone. I'm getting on another plane. The plane dropped him off in Houston. He he didn't even leave the airport. <laughs> he didn't even leave the airport. He just got on another plane. Like, I'm out. Good luck. Good luck with what's going on. I hope you find what you're looking for. But it ain't. It's not going to be me. I don't have nothing to do with this. I'm out of here. That That's, that's, um. I don't know what I don't know where they go from here. I really I really don't. I would talk about the Clippers and the Nuggets, but at the time of this recording, I don't know who's, who's going to win Game Seven. So I hop back on that uh, probably on the on the next podcast, which we, we're trying to do two a week. We're trying to do two a week. I got some, I got some interviews um, set up that we're going to drop and everything. So so yeah. So we got we oh I saw what the the college football is back the the Big Ten is trying to come back but like a couple of teams also got a bunch of the, the Rona the Major League Baseball is doing like the World Series in a bubble <laughs> so sports are they're coming back it's just like everything else that's happened with the coronavirus it's like you back but you're back with you know stipulations <laughs> you know you back with things but it's better than you know not being back at all so with that being said it was a pretty good it was a pretty good weekend what in the blue hell john wall was caught uh flashing uh gang signs looks like he was out at, at some sort of house party shirtless uh initially i was just more concerned with the fact that there wasn't a mask in sight and didn't look like a lot of uh social distancing was going on but it caused caused a lot of discussion in the uh, social media streets, and people were asking me what I thought about it. It's one of those it's one of those things that listen, you know, John Wall is a grown ass man, so you know if he wants to show his gang affiliation and hang out with the Bloods or whatever he's doing, I mean that's that's his decision. You know, uh, does it make him a horrible person? No. I mean, we know that John Wall has done a lot for his community. Uh, he's, he's, he's done a lot for kids. Uh, he had just raised a bunch of money to make sure people didn't get evicted uh, during the coronavirus. So we know John Wall is not a bad guy. Um, the, the, the problem is, it was twofold. The, the, the first problem, which is the most obvious one, is there's just a, a perception uh, issue. Obviously, Bloods and Crips and gangs are seen in a negative light in our society. Granted, not as negative as the KKK and some of these white supremacists, but, you know, I digress. So, you know, showing your affiliation um, like that, uh, obviously there's going to be some blowback uh, as far as your image and things of that nature. Now, we have to be careful in the sense that it's always a, a tough thing when you want to be perceived uh, a certain way. You don't want to be fake, though. You don't want to, you know, a lot of, listen, a, a lot of these athletes are acting. A lot of these media people are acting. A lot of these actors are acting. You know, what you see um, is not who they really are. 
right? Now, that doesn't mean that that's, that's a bad thing because, hey, listen, nobody really wants everybody to know everything, you know, about them. But I always find it funny uh, when I see people say such and such athlete is such a good guy or such a good girl or whatever it be, and, and then, I, you know, I know the truth. If they only knew. So, you know, you know, this is who John Wall is. This is part of his life. Um, I don't know if we should just be slamming him, you know, for that. I think the bigger issue at hand is this. And I, I, I talk to athletes about this all the time. The bigger issue is why is your boy filming this? And, and why is it getting to social media? Like that part always confuses me. You know, if you're in a room uh, and it's a bunch of drug dealers and gang, you know, gang members, or hell, it can even be corporate people who just happen to be in a gang or have gang affiliation. It doesn't really matter. You know, why? And you know that John Wall is there or you know some superstar athlete is there and that athlete is supposedly your boy or your friend or whatever it may be. Why would you put that on social media? Remember how Lou Williams got caught at uh, Lemon Pepper Lou? You remember how he got caught at Magic City? He wasn't he got caught because he did anything. He got caught because he was hanging out with some rapper that put it on Instagram. And the way people are these days is that I don't care how well-known or not well-known you are. I really don't. It really doesn't matter. If you do something, people are going to find it. People screenshot everything. They they really do a lot of different things. They screenshot. They keep text messages. I mean, you're not safe with anything that you say and do. Not safe at all. So, you know, when you're hanging out with, with people, you, I mean, you got you to gotta start throwing them NDAs around and take people's phones. There's no way that that should have made it to social media. That's really the bigger issue in my mind is that it even made it to social media when it shouldn't have. But it's just a lesson. Like, you know, like I said, John Wall's grown. He's not a kid. He's 30 years old. So, he, he, you know, it's not my place to judge what he does or doesn't do. And I think a lot of times there's some pushback between media and fans or media being too judgy uh, about what grown you know men and women are doing. I mean, but, I mean, if you're a Washington Wizards reporter, you, you're going to write on it. Now, what I do think, you know, i tell you something what I do think is interesting, though. This just, this just popped into my mind. Is that what determines, well, you know something? I think what it is is this. I think John Wall acknowledged it. Sometimes if you don't acknowledge it, if it's a little bit salacious, the media will more or less leave it alone. Once you acknowledge it, then I think the national mainstream media, the ESPNs and the, the big local uh, stations and stuff, then they start, you know, talking about it. Because I remember when Baker Mayfield was taking that girl behind the Cheesecake Factory, nobody in mainstream media was saying anything. But then again, he didn't apologize for going behind the Cheesecake Factory. So that, that could be it. The other, wasn't the Blue Hell news, was... The, the man that's suing Dwight Howard, I think for like $10 million or something, because he said Dwight Howard threatened him um, for, that he was going to expose their relationship and, 
and Dwight Howard threatened him. Uh, he was on his Instagram, Mason, Mason uh, Elgin, something like that. I know it's Mason, but it's Mason, M-A-S-I-N. He was on uh, his Instagram talking about how, you know, he missed Dwight and missed Dwight's face. And, you know, he hoping to get, you know, an uh, invitation to the bubble. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't call it. Uh, I mean, I can't call it. There There's some rumors that Dwight has broken up with his fiance Tia Cooper, uh, who was balling for the um, Los Angeles Sparks. It's just, it's just, it's 2020, and, like, there's so many what in the blue hell stories. I don't, I mean, hell, we got orange skies right now. I tell you, the first time I moved here to, to, to California, you know, I'm from Missouri, so, you know, we don't, we get tornadoes and, hurt, you know, stuff like that, like a lot of rain and stuff like that. And we don't get orange skies. And I remember the first time I saw an orange sky and noticed it was ash on my balcony, and I didn't realize, I thought, A, I thought my building was on fire. <laughs> that was the first day. Secondly, when I realized my building wasn't on fire, I immediately thought of pretty much any movie, any alien movie from the 90s, like the, the 90s, early 2000s, because it was always an orange sky before the aliens arrived. I thought we were being invaded. I really did. I really thought we were being invaded. I, I thought it was. I thought we were going to have problems. I was ready to go. I thought the aliens were coming. I, I sincerely, I kid you not, I thought the aliens were coming. I had to be educated by my wife about, you know, it's fire season and the ash from the fire can travel miles and miles and miles. So I went outside uh, the other day and I got a little set up in my backyard and it was filled with ash. It looked like somebody had smoked like 20 packs of cools in my backyard. It was so much ash. And you're like, how can the ash get to you and the fires are hundreds of miles away? Yeah, it can. Honestly, if the aliens came, I wouldn't even be that upset right now. I would ask them if they could take me with them. I, when I watch the Unsolved Mysteries, now I watch Unsolved Mysteries, and they say that the aliens would, you know, beam them up and, you know, hang out with them before. Like, don't. But then they'd bring them back. See, that's the thing. The aliens would beam them up and, and hook them up with, you know, some liquor or whatever, get them drunk. And then they'd beam them back and then... They had to stay here. I, I want to stay. I want to know where they're going. If you can beam me up and give me some liquor, I want to know exactly where I'm going. I remember the one, the one story, like, cause you like how credible are these like stories? I understand, but I'm telling you, the one story was like super credible. It was this, this I don't know when it had 60s, 70s or whatever. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I got to find that story on Unsolved Mysteries. If you got Roku, they they can watch it for free. Um, and I'm sure Unsolved Mysteries is on one of the 9,000 streaming services. But anyway, the guy was in the military, and he, he back then, you know, he had a lift or anything, so he had got dropped off on the bus. He had been on vacation or leave or something, and they said he dropped off at the bus, and he was at the, uh, the, the what is it called, the phone booth. You know, how that, do they still have phone booths? Anyway, he's at the phone booth, and he called. He said, hey, they dropped me off at the bus, you know, called the base, Come pick me up. Now, it's a true story. This actually happened. So they said the guy came to pick him up, and he wasn't at the phone booth. You follow me? Wasn't at the phone booth. And then the black is black guy. Black guy said that 
five, he in his mind only felt like it had been like a, a a minute or so, and but then he waited for like another like twenty minutes, and it was like the the ride never came. So he called back the base. He's like, "Hey, I'm still here at the phone booth. You know where y'all at?" And they're like, uh, "We came, you know, fifteen minutes ago." And he's like, "That's impossible. I've been standing here for twenty minutes." So he believes that he was beamed up for a while and it had actually been something like an hour or something and then beamed back down at the exact same time. And that's how, you know, they just wiped his memory of his time being beamed up. Go check it out. I'm not, I'm not making it up. The Injustice League. The family of Breonna Taylor um, received a $12 million uh, settlement judgment from the city of of Louisville um, over her murder when the cops busted into her house with a no-knock warrant and shot her uh, five times. Um, I'm all for uh, families getting settlements uh, when the cops murder their family members. I have no issues uh, with that. Get as much money as you can. My issue, though, is this, is that it's the city of Louisville that's paying for it, which means it's the taxpayers' dollars that is paying this twelve, you know, million dollar settlement and all of these other settlements across the country. It's it's us, the, the taxpayers. And here's the thing: um, we didn't shoot anybody. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, we didn't shoot anybody. Like, I understand, you know, paying taxes for schools because you know our kids go there. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I get stuff like that. And I just, uh, even though I think tax in general uh, is a scam, I do understand why taxes are needed for certain things, even though, I, like I said, I think it's corrupt. But I don't think that taxpayers or citizens should be paying for cops murdering black people, brutalizing black people. Um, we're talking about millions and millions of dollars. This is like uh, it's it's not even the first time for the the city of Louisville to have to pay out for cops' bad behavior. They had to pay out a settlement of eight point five million before, and and that's ridiculous. Now, now, granted, what people need to understand is they pay these settlements, but they don't punish the cops. You're paying out if you pay out twelve million dollars, you can't with a straight face say. I didn't do anything wrong. It, it just doesn't work like that. There's an episode of Seinfeld, and you, you get a lot of Seinfeld references in this in this podcast. But but there's a reference uh, uh, an episode of Seinfeld where Jerry sees someone um, hit a car, right? Sees sees him hit a car, like a hit a hit and run, and Jerry follows the the person that did the hit and run. But when the when he he goes to confront the person, it's this really beautiful uh, lady, right? And he starts going out on a date with her. He starts dating her, but come to find out, the the, the person's car who's hit was his his other very beautiful neighbor who he wants to date as well. Uh, so you see what I'm saying? So you see his conundrum. So the reason, the way he's able to to start talking to his neighbors by saying that you know he he saw what happened, you know, to her. With the hit and run. And then he, ch- he chased down the person and all of this stuff and they got away. 
but he's really dating the other girl. But he don't like the other girl no more. He want to date the neighbor. So eventually, at the end of the episode, because he's in a conundrum, Jerry just says he'll pay for the damage of the car. But the neighbor, you know, slams the door in his face and is like, you could have just told me that you hit the car. Now, Jerry didn't do it, but the point is, if you're paying for something that happened, you can't pretend that there was no wrongdoing being done. <laughs> you can't give somebody $12 million and then be like, I'm not going to charge the officers with murder. Basically, what you're saying is, is that a murder is worth $12 million. Which brings me to my next, you know, point is this happens far too often. And it's us, the taxpayers, that's having to deal with it on an every single day basis. And that's not right. It's simply not right. It's an injustice. That's why I call this segment the Injustice League, because it makes no sense that if they would just I always say this about the NFL. So the NFL could have saved them millions and millions of dollars, millions of dollars. If they had just signed Colin, so one team would have signed Colin Kaepernick to a backup job. For all we know, Colin Kaepernick might even be out the league right now. If someone signed Colin Kaepernick to a backup job in 2017, there's no, no, no way to know what would be happening with him in 2020. But all the stuff that the NFL does, they wouldn't have had to do the stuff with Jay-Z and getting Alicia Keys and it takes all of us and ain't racist. They wouldn't have to do all of that. You know why? Because Colin Kaepernick would be on a team and he can lead that charge. You see what I'm saying? Like, people are stupid like that. Hey, you know so You know how you don't have to pay out, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars? Train your police officers not to be racist killers. You know, that that that's a start. You know, that's a start. Tra train them not to be racist killers. Train them not to shoot people seven times in the back. Train them not to put, you know, their knees on, on necks of individuals for a $20 a $20 bill. Tell them, you know, when someone's having a mental health issue, not to leave them out in the cold and then murder them. When, when a mom calls about their artistic kid, that kid was white. He's 13 years old. Don't shoot him. Save yourself a lot of money that way. Set up, be a lot less settlements if the cops just did the job that is actually on the application. That's on the paper. If they did that, it, would, it wouldn't have a problem. It'd be real easy for them. But for whatever reason, they they rather just pay. And you know why? Because they're not paying. We're paying. If I had your money and I can make a mistake, right? I can mess up as bad as someone can mess up taking a life. But I knew that you were going to pay for it. It wasn't going to mess up my money, my pension, my situation, then that's what I would do. I wouldn't I wouldn't be overly concerned about things huh. at all. Yeah, I wouldn't be crazy about it. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about extra training or anything like that. Sure wouldn't. I just go out. Oh, I could shoot somebody in the back and just Take a, couple, take a couple of months off, paid leave, and hopefully wait until somebody else gets shot and then right back on the job, no problem. It's not $12 million not coming out of my pocket. We got the laws 
until some of these laws are changed. I bet you the, the, the day that they say, hey, if you got to pay a settlement, that comes out of your, the police pension for all of the cops. That comes out of that money. That comes out of the department money. It comes out of all the cops' pockets. I bet they'll be telling Officer Bill to, hey, put, that, put your gun down. Don't be shooting guys running away from you in an empty parking lot uh, or, or, you know, a lot at a, at a mall, mall parking lot when you're 30 feet away. I'm pretty sure if it was coming out of their pockets, things would be totally different. For the Keep This Same Energy segment, I found this, you know, it's not funny because, you know, people are losing their lives. There's violence and guns and stuff involved, but I swear, you almost have to laugh at it or you just, you just realize how screwed up a society we are. Now, you might have heard that two cops were shot in Compton. Somebody ran up on them, shot them while they were sitting in their squad car. Both of them are going to live. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department went on TV and also via via social media, but went on TV to head of the, the, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department and said, with a straight face that he believes that LeBron James should match the the reward money that's out there to catch the guy that shot the cops. Reward money is $100,000. And he implied that LeBron should match that amount because LeBron is Black Lives Matter and is against cops shooting black people in the back and putting their knees in our necks and leaving us naked outside on a winter day when we're having a mental health situation, killing us, killing teens, killing kids. Because LeBron believes that's wrong, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department wants him to help them catch a killer. Well, not a killer, but an attempted killer. What's interesting about this and you should know this if you have any any type of common sense, of course, is if you go shoot a cop, anybody shoots a cop, what's going to happen? The entire police force is going to be looking for you. Maybe the FBI, the feds, the National Guard, every county, every city, every state, there's going to be an alert out for you. They're not going to spare no expense to catch the person that shot a cop. And if they do catch them, then they're going to try them. And if there is a death penalty in that state, they're going to give them the needle. Every single time. There is not any time that someone shoots a cop that other cops will say, let's wait for all the, the facts to come out. At no time will any of the cops say, well, 
the cop that got shot, you know, they had a traffic ticket back in 1987. In no time will they say, well, the person that shot the cop, let's, um, you know, let's just give him a, a paid vacation, let him hang out at home until, you know, we figure all of this out. Someone shoots a cop, justice will be served. I don't think they really even understand by trying to put this shooting on people that protest against police brutality. They're only proving our point. The point is Black Lives Matter. That's the slogan, right? Black Lives Matter. So when you say a cop life matters more because you're putting all of your resources behind it and you want us to give money for the reward. But when your own cop shoots somebody, you you put them on paid vacation, you pay out settlements but don't charge them, who life matters more? The cop life or the life that the cop shoots? They're not equal. And some may say that, well, a cop is, quote, unquote, more valuable than, say, a criminal's life. But when was the last time that you saw a sheriff department, a police department, when a white person shoots a cop or assaults a cop? When last time have you seen them ask black people for help in finding them? Or when was the last time you had... You heard them ask white people in helping finding them. If a white person shot a cop, would they go ask Jenny Buss for money? The cops pay out, at least in LA, almost $100 million in, in settlements for wrongful actions. $100 million, which we talked about, is your money. But they want LeBron to help them do their job. Their job is to arrest criminals, fight crime. We've talked about this many, many, many times. It's not that black people don't want criminals punished. We just want the criminals punished equally, regardless of their skin complexion and or their job. If I shot somebody seven times in the back, I'd be in jail. For cops, no matter, here's, it doesn't matter. If, and if you say, well, he's doing this. And he, if I was fighting with someone on the street, we tussled, we went to the ground, we did whatever, right? Then that person was running away from me, walking away from me. And I shot them seven times in the back, I'll go to jail every single time, every single time. If I was scuffling with someone in a mall parking lot and they were running away from me, regardless if they had a gun or not, they were running away from me. They, I shot them seven times in the back. I would go to jail. If I rolled up on a park and I saw a kid with a, a fake, you know, playing cops and robbers, fake gun, and I shot him, I would go to jail. If I, as a black man, saw a white kid in a hoodie walking home and I thought, this kid in this hoodie was getting ready to rob somebody and I shot them point blank in the heart. 
I would go to jail. If a white person was jogging in my neighborhood, which has a lot of new construction, and I saw them looking in the new construction, and I came in my truck or my car, and I drove with them, passed them with a shotgun, and then I shot them, I would go to jail every single time. But if you're a cop or if you're a white person, you may not have to go to jail. A lot of times you'll be applauded. If I went to a KKK rally in Call of Duty gear with a AR-15, and I antagonized the crowd, and I shot two KKK members, they wouldn't be calling me a patriot. They definitely wouldn't let me just walk past the police with the gun in hand. I'll be in jail. But if you're white, you're called a hero for killing people. <laughs> Even though you're a high school dropout who beats women. The energy's not the same. If the cops had the same energy for killing black people, a lot of them unarmed, as they do someone taking a shot at them, wouldn't be here right now. If the cops had as much consideration as Vanessa Bryant says to not be showing pictures of children from a crash site to other people for sport, for their entertainment, we wouldn't be here. The LAPD, the LA County Sheriff's Department has shot like four people in like the last like month. I don't see that same energy for them. They shot a guy for a bike violation. Shot him right in the back. I don't see that same energy. I don't see the press conference promises saying that they're going to get rid of if, uh, this, this, this police officer. Where is the same energy? It's not there. And you know why. And, and you know why. But that's why we have to keep calling them out on it. We have to keep letting them know what's happening. It's very, very important that we do because we have a voice in this industry and it's important that we call them out on it. Before I go, uh, Cardi B uh, filed for divorce from Offset. Offset! <laughs> um, I'm working on the details of it. Most people think it's because he cheated. I don't know if that's... True or not, I've, you know you know how social media gets. That's the thing I can tell you about social media is that one thing, the fire, people just start saying a lot of stuff and then they start lying and not telling the truth. Trust me, I know. Trust me, I know. <laughs> Once people just, people just start talking and then they don't know what the hell they're talking about. But, I mean, it's possible. Point, point of the matter is this. Uh, was it WAP? Yeah, yeah, WAP uh, does not keep a man uh, from cheating. I'm pre I mean, if you're not a child, you should already know that. You know, looks, money, fame, WAP, none of that stops anyone from cheating. That goes both ways. 
you, you, if someone wants to cheat, it really doesn't matter who who they are, what they do. They just go cheat. So I tell that to you when I say keep that same energy is that really like, like the, 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 there's no such thing as celebrity. There's no goals. There's no such thing as relationship goals. The only relationship goals should be in your relationship. It definitely shouldn't be anything about no celebrities, no rappers, actors, basketball players, athletes. No. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know what Offset. Offset and Cardi B have been doing. You, you don't know. You don't know that. Cardi B says she don't cook it clean, but she got the ring. And you see what happened. Don't, don't, those lyrics don't mean anything. That's like Rick Ross, you know, saying he knows Noriega. <laughs> the real Noriega. He owes me a million favors. <laughs> Be sure to check out the website, blacksportsonline.com. Register for my email list for all the new updates. Listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online. Instagram, BSOTV, and much appreciation to my podcast partners at ABF Creative for all their hard work in making this weekly podcast a success. I'm out.